Hi everyone and welcome to episode 126 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. And Jared. Hola. Yes, Jared's been playing lots of Brave Exvius recently I believe. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. I'd say I've probably put in uh, somewhere between 5 and 10 hours within the last week. Last episode we said we were probably going to do some kind of review of Brave Exvius, but I think the three of us have pulled together and just done a collective... Yeah. It's like a collective don't buy, they just want you to spend money, and you'll regret it. Yeah. yeah. So if you're enjoying Brave Exvius, then... I guess continues to do so. Yeah. We're not like, judging don't, you. Yeah, no, no. Don't, don't like sort of use our word for it. But yeah. Give it a chance. Um, but the three of us and also Hugathy, who wrote a review on Final Fantasy Union, um, wasn't overly impressed, no. I would say. But that's a really fun, positive start to the show. Um, <laughs> I'm liking it. And uh, we've actually got some interesting topics for you guys this episode. So the first topic is actually, again, Probably a not-so-positive, but positive one. Uh, we're going to talk about whether or not World of Final Fantasy deserves your attention over Final Fantasy XV. Mm. Then we've got a slight news roundup. But the news, again, this episode is probably quite slim. Yeah. Slim pickings there. To be fair, I mean, everything's kind of over. Everything's kind of in limbo. We'll probably have something at Gamescom. But, yeah. like, they're, they're, they're just kind of scraping the barrel at the moment. Yeah, r- yes. really right now, today... It, it- well, for now, it's just the waiting game, waiting for things to come out. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, oh, there's another episode of Brotherhood. There's a couple of mobile apps coming out. And for everybody to lift up their heads from Pokemon Go. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, not it's probably happen. a bad time for anyone yeah. to do a news announcement right now. Yeah, too many people are are just addicted to that game. But I am I, one of those people. Same um, but here. anyways. Anyway, yes, yeah, so uh, for you new folks who are listening, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. Going on to our Patreon shoutouts now, so if this is for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode, we thank you greatly, ever so much. You are our world. Yes. yes. No, it's been actually, it's been amazing. And um, I've sent out more badges. So those of you who have qualified for badges, expect your badges in the post. Yep. And we're going to have a couple more guests on the next two shows, I believe. Yeah. So that should Yay. be fun. Yeah, it should be. But yeah, let's kick this off. Lauren, I'll let you go first. All right. So first we have Barry Norton, who is Nortron Zero. Then we've got Christian Thompson at Orbits Gaming. Christian Burge. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Lewis James. Satria Jayasudama at Satria625Ruben. Skylar Loveless. William Tringove at Vonis the Actor. Harley Crawley at Dark Said Tiokami. Keena Johnston at Axken. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto58. Alex Troutman at Akira Nainjin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Genesis Alejandro at Junisan7. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Manning Franks at like underscore Peyton. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohamed Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack 95. Vitanitas at V underscore Tron 5000. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And lastly, but not least, we have Zero Yano at Dilly underscore Bolivian. No, (laughs) Dilly underscore Oblivion. Yay! Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. And if you want to find out how you can support us, please head over to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. 
We have monthly giveaways where we give away a Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts related prize. We have a special Please Be Excited podcast that is exclusive to Patreon. You can also come on the show and you can also get some badges from Lauren. Yay, badges! Yeah. Before we go on to our main topic, though, um, we've got a few site announcements. Number one is that our YouTube channel is back to normal. Yay! Yes. Yes, so the podcast will be uploaded on YouTube as they were beforehand. I think given that um, we have a baby and we haven't really had to deal too much with the baby and everything else that's going on before the YouTube incident happened. Yeah. Um, the YouTube shows are probably going to be very no frills now. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just, it's probably just going to be literally the audio uploaded with a static image throughout um and yeah it's just to give you the guys the opportunity to to listen to it because i know that especially the last couple of months we just it got to the point where it just wasn't worth it because we had to split up into the 15 minute segments and yeah it was just absolutely just awful um but yeah so hopefully now we'll just be uploading the full podcast just be fine and um it'll be easier for me and um hopefully those of you who just listen to our podcast only on youtube can still enjoy it i know that there's been some people complaining be like where are the podcasts and yes they are coming back yes um the other thing that obviously we used to do on the youtube channel which got taken away was fun and fancy chat it used to be every sunday um i i think that we we had a discussion about whether or not we wanted to come back i think we do I just don't know if now is the right time for it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit hard at the moment um, with podcasting and doing FF chat. Um, we're trying to work out ways where we can do it, where one of us will be watching Ali and the other one will do it, but we're just not sure if it will be entertaining enough. It also conflicts with your exercise classes. It does also conflict with my so, exercise classes. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll think about how we can potentially bring that back in the future, but it's going to be on hiatus for a little bit longer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, something I'll say is I always look forward, every time we're done uh, recording, to seeing the chat in our, excuse me, the comments with our YouTube videos. It seems like we get some of the uh, funnest comments from our fans on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually because I've said something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but or that's I said something fine. Wrong. I mean, hey, listen, yeah. I've gotten called out before. And you know what? Ended up making a new friend. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we're going to go into our controversial, not controversial main topic, which is should World of Final Fantasy be uh, taking over from Final Fantasy 15 in your mind? Mm. Hype. Hype is real. The hype is real. Um, so actually, there was a slight preface to this. So obviously, at E3 2016, Final Fantasy 15 didn't have the best of showings. Mm. While the Final Fantasy showing actually was pretty good. Um, and there was a growing number of voices, Jared included, yes. who said that actually they're starting to get a lot more excited about World of Final Fantasy than they are Final Fantasy 15. Yes. I actually did a Twitter poll before, ha- before the episode to ask people whether that was the case didn't really turn out that way um only about 15 percent of people said that they were looking forward to Fall of final fantasy more than final fantasy 15 mm. but you know that's still a decent chunk of people 15 yeah, percent so. for a, yeah, like a spin-off against a main series title you'd expect it to be even less really yeah it actually started off about 40 60 but kind of evened out over time <laughs> yeah but yeah no i think it's still it still speaks a lot i mean the fact that like Final Fantasy 15 has been in development for so long, and then World of Final Fantasy has really only been out like sort well, of they this announced year, last it, year. Uh, yeah, about this time last year is E3 2015. Yeah, and so I mean, it's like the little game that could. But I, I honestly like, 
I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna try and be a hater, but like I actually am more excited for World of Final Fantasy, um, in my honest opinion, just because it it's the Kingdom Hearts game that I always wanted. Like you know how everybody's getting excited over Pokemon Go at the moment because it was their childhood. Well, Kingdom Hearts was my childhood, and I was so disappointed that Final Fantasy didn't get a big representation. And but they've kind of taken it out completely now. Almost. Exactly. But now, um, World of Final Fantasy, you have so many characters coming back. I mean, you have Edgar and Celeste from uh, Final Fantasy VI and, like, so many more who haven't even been sort of revealed yet, I'm guessing. Um, and it just it just looks like it's going to be so much fun. And- I think the other interesting thing is that, I mean, obviously it was only announced a year ago. It's coming out this October, a month after Final Fantasy XV, which is an interesting move. Um, yeah. It's not a numbered title, but they are taking it very seriously. You know, they've got uh, yeah, Chiba, who's a, a veteran at Square Enix, uh, taking up his debut as a Final Fantasy director. I was I have to clarify that I said that it was his first directorial role, but actually he has previously directed Sigma Harmonix, which was a DS exclusive game, which from what I remember, didn't particularly do too well. So, <laughs> oops. Um, but it's also being produced by Shinji Hashimoto, who obviously everyone knows for Please Be Excited and uh, The Massive Trolls. But he's obviously a very influential person within Square Enix. He generally is act as producer, executive producer on a lot of the main titles that they produce. And uh, I think he's had a semi-active role in this. I remember reading that actually the stacking mechanic they've employed was something that he really pushed for them to do. Um, and the music is being composed by Masashi Hamwazu, who of course did the Final Fantasy Thirteen franchise. Ooh. Yep, there you <laughs> go, Jared. Um, so like, it's it's a title they're taking quite seriously. Um, yeah. It's not just a kind of throwaway spin-off title that they've kind of given to the lesser people within the company. Like, there's some big names taking part in this, and the fact that Hashimoto is actually looking after this suggests to me that they're expecting this to actually do quite well or they want it to yeah definitely um so i mean it's you mentioned a couple of things of the reason why it appeals to you um i've got a few things down here that i think it would be good to discuss around it sure and, and potentially i mean if you're not too familiar with world of final fantasy hopefully this will kind of clue you in a bit more i'd recommend that you go and check out some trailers uh to definitely get a feel for this but the first real thing that kind of sets it apart from anything we've seen before and obviously this was an intentional part about it is the art style hmm so the um, the main art was done by Nomura. He's done all the kind of grown-up characters. Yeah. Um, but there's two art styles. Not not only this, the fact that the art style is different from a typical series, there's actually two art styles in one. Which art style do you guys prefer? Like the more normal one or the chibi art style? Chibi. I do. I prefer the chibi. They're so cute. Um, I mean, like the plushies that have gone, come out now of like Cloud as a little chibi and... um. It's just, I I just find things that have heads that are too big for their bodies adorable. See, now, with me, originally, I despised the chibi art style, which is why originally I had no interest in this game. But after mm. seeing the uh, new trailers and seeing how everyone has their own voice now, I actually yeah. really like it. So, yeah, I, li- I like the chibi. But I also love the fact that two main characters are constantly jumping back and forth between normal and chibi. I, I just yeah. got a kick out of that. But, yeah, I'm for the chibi now. So apparently they kind of chose his art style to really differentiate itself from the main series. So again, it's not a numbered title, but they're, they're very much treating it like a numbered title. And they wanted to introduce these new art styles so that, um, it, it was a real, like, kind of, um, unique quality around the game because 
Final Fantasy as a numbered series now is is basically going super realistic, and it has been for a while. Final Fantasy Nine was the only one that kind of bucked that trend really since Final Fantasy Six. Mm. Um, like Final Fantasy Eight, super realistic. Final Fantasy yeah. Ten, super realistic. Like they're all kind of super realistic now. Yeah. So they wanted to introduce this new art style, which I think is really cute as well. And I think the good thing about it is that. Um, and we kind of talked about this in the previous episode, and I hope you guys agree with me here as well. But um, it's by doing this art style, um, they're they're opening up to actually a wider market. Yeah. Because there aren't too many kids' games these days that are like really polished and aren't there to exploit the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. And um, by introducing these two art styles, both of which are very kind of visually, they're very colourful. Um, they're very cutesy. Like it's it's approachable, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. One day, um, when Daryl and I were cleaning out our room, um, I was just looking at all of the games that we had, and we have like quite a few at the moment, and pretty much a majority of them are mature. And it's like it's not until you actually sort of think about it, think about like how many mature games are out there at the moment. There's there's a ton and like I mean if you even think about what what came out of like E3, um, most of the kids games people laugh at or they're not like yeah I mean there are know? kids games out there uh, there are and I played a fair few of them while I was reviewing stuff on Gaming Union it's just the fact that most of them suck I know yes. like they they're made really badly on purpose because they know that kids have lower expectations but they don't which, well they they kind of do in terms of if you give a if you give a game to a six-year-old, like I mm. remember playing the, the official GI Joe game. Yeah, that was a horrible game, absolutely horrible. <laughs> but if you give that to like a six-year-old, if they haven't really got an expectation about like playing a high top-tier AAA title, which they shouldn't do because they're six, yeah, then they'll just play it and they'll can carry on playing it just like we would have done when we were kids yeah. like some of the like this the spectrum amstrad like nes games even like the quality of them was really bad yeah but that's like true. it's still i've been giving this i'm just gonna play it to death yeah like, it's like a kid can be entertained by a cardboard box i was I mean, probably like... <laughs> like that more with the Sega genesis age than i was like the fo- uh the playstation age i yeah. think although I mean... I mean i will say rugrats the game was actually pretty awesome <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that that's what it was like when I had a Game Boy Color. I had games that were just flat out lazy, like a Bugs Live, Tom and Jerry, cheap, lazy games. I played those suckers for like probably 100 hours. It's just, I think, and they've kind of got into that where now they don't really need to try. Because like the, the, probably the Mega Drive in the SNES era is when kids games were at their peak. Because you had the Mario's, the Sonics, like the platformers, which and platformers are in in their nature. Like, how can you make a platformer mature unless you're like going along pulling people's heads off and stuff? It's literally just running from point A to point B. Like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> there's no there's no need for violence, no need for guns, no need for anything. It's just I'm gonna run from A to B. Yeah. Although, I mean, if you think about. Lim- games like Limbo and Inside, like I probably would not have played those as a kid. Probably not. Oh, no. good lord! Or Another Limbo. World, Another World. Is but fine. like something like Trine. But yeah, Trine is fine. Huh, Trine is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just annoying that they play on that and like you know, uh, Pokemon Go as well. And I, I keep going back to Pokemon Go, but it's a prime example of a game that works that is 
it, not saying that it's made for kids, but it's accessible for kids. It's not something that, you know, you have to be there watching. Well, it's, well it's, you have to be there. It's probably one of the reasons why Pokemon is so popular because, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tried and tested formula. And I, you know, I, I get on my high horse about the fact that they don't really do much to change away from the formula. Yeah, but they don't. It's it's so successful. And it the is. thing is, that they have a new Pokemon game coming out, what, every couple of years. And they have obviously the remakes that they do. Um, but it's every single new generation that comes up gets introduced to the latest one, mm-hmm. gets ingrained into the Pokemon. They can go and play the other ones because they're all very similar. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, if you've got an evolutionary franchise, like, say, like, Sonic, they just tried so hard to make that relevant to the generation. Yeah. And they wanted to do this. They wanted to, to do that. Like they're doing with Final Fantasy. Yeah. Har, but, har, har. But the, the reason that you say, like, Pokemon, they've tried doing all those things. Like, they've got the 3D Pokemon games, like Pokemon Stadium, and they've got Pokemon Snap, yeah. and they've got this other stuff. But the core game stayed to what it was. Yeah. The only thing they have added is, like, hundreds of new Pokemon that I have no clue who the hell they are. <laughs> yeah, and like new locations, new yeah, worlds, like yeah. new types of Pokemon. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo is probably one of the um, main developers that are still making games that are accessible for kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you think about like Zelda, you, any kid could probably pick up a Zelda game. Um the even the Smash Brothers, it's Mario. Not, it's not bad. Mario, yeah, it's the same thing like, every there's, time. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many games that kids can just play, play. But it's it's a shame that they wouldn't, like the other developers wouldn't think, oh well, you know, there's still that market there. Why don't I just go for it? I guess it might still be hard to try and convince a kid that that kind of game would be cool. But well, I really, kind of hope that World of Final Fantasy would do it. Are um, convincing their parents to let them play Call of Duty. I mean, but that's why that kids because, are playing that now. But that's all. Isn't that only because that's all that they sort of have access to? I mean, like maybe. I mean, but it's just like you one know, of those social things, right? Yeah. Um, but big segue there. But, yeah. Um, it was. I mean, my next. It was the age bracket in terms of because I think the, one of the really good things about World of Final Fantasy would be that if you do have kids, it's the kind of game where you could sit down and play it with them. It's like a because it's an RPG. It's it's story led. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can play it with them. You can talk to them about because it, it's got a very similar uh, similar ATB system as well. So like the gameplay is not going to be overly complicated. You can sit down. You can talk to them about the mechanics and go through things. It shouldn't be too much over certain parents' heads because no. there's nothing crazy going on in terms of like nothing's fast paced. You don't have to worry about what buttons you need to press or anything like that. It's just here's a story follow where they tell you to go, collect some stuff, and use this simple battle system. I think it should be really good as an entry-level RPG. I think RPG. so. Yeah, I think it would definitely be a lot of fun. And, like, you can collect the animals as well. They have um, the mirages that you collect, and, like, they're all cuddly and cute. And I think, yeah, I think it should be a game that brings that brings generations together. I think. Yeah, uh, speaking it of seems the like fun. Uh, mirages, you know, originally I thought it was just going to be like, you know, you summon it, you get a little two-second clip, and you move on. They're actually mm-hmm. going all out with these mirages. I mean, they, these are like uh, 15, 20-second cutscenes, and so far the only one I've really seen is with uh, Titus. But yeah. when, they, when you summon Titus, of course you could skip it, but the cutscene with him goes all out. Like, it's fan service in every way. He doesn't 
just attack with a sword, he's attacking with a blitz ball. Yeah. I think that's the interesting thing as well, because I said that, you know, they're taking this game very seriously for what it is, but it's, it is, it's, it's going to appeal to multiple, on multiple levels. I mean, in terms of the depth, obviously we talk about the mirages, I think there's about 200. Mm. They're going to have, and they're, they're trying to figure out ways to make people want to use them all. Yeah. I'm sure that that's not going to come to fruition unless it's like, you can get a platinum trophy by doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, one of the other things is that this story, you know, they've talked about the fact there's going to be like 50 to 100 hours of story in the game, which is pretty substantial. Yeah. Um, but the other thing they've talked about is that they want the story to kind of harken back to the older days of Final Fantasy. So I think it was their kind of way of saying, we appreciate that after Final Fantasy IX, the way we did storytelling kind of changed <laughs> somewhat, maybe after ten as well. But they, they kind of said that ten was like the changing point. Yeah, um, and they wanted the story in Final Fan- the World of Final Fantasy to be more similar to like Final Fantasy six, seven, eight, and nine mm. in terms of how it was told. Yeah. So that again, they're aiming for like they kind of know what they want to achieve. Um, they're not kind of saying, "Oh, we're going to just do this whole unique thing." It's like, no, we we want it to be like these kind of games. We know yeah. people like those. Yeah. And again, I guess that's their way of saying that. A, we wanted to try and appeal to people that were perhaps older Final Fantasy gamers. We're, I guess we're classified as older Final Fantasy yeah. games now. Um, but at the same time, as an entry into the franchise, people might get to learn to all these characters that are kind of cropping up. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll be interested in going back to play these older games. Yeah. They want a story that is relatable. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, you th- even like look at the advertising for it. Most of the game, um, recently, the only characters that they are um promoting are from like six really like you see ferris but you see yeah, Celeste, a lot of celeste and a lot of edgar um and shulk as well which is a bit strange i mean i know you love final fantasy 13 jared yes but i think it's interesting that i mean because lightning's in it obviously mm-hmm. yeah but she's not really being pushed no whereas no, and in I'm other games yeah because in other games she's always like the poster girl like oh decidia she's the leader even though she's not Mm. Yeah, I mean, as much as I fanboy over the 13 franchise, you know, even I get tired of the fact they're constantly pushing a character that, you know, at the very least is, has a mixed reception outside of Japan. So I'm I'm glad she's in there. I'm glad she's in the whole Lightning Returns garb. But I'm glad that when they do show her, it's only for a few moments. They're not trying to be like, hey, here's the other main character. No, she's just a side character like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, like they're not trying to do anything special for her. No. Whereas in the you know, the past couple of years it's just been kinda of overkill in terms of the the lightning <laughs> she's been yeah. lightninged out. Yeah. Um but like I mean, how are you feeling about some of the other things? Obviously as I mentioned, they've got a whole ATB system in there, you know, that's obviously a big throwback to the original Final Fantasy games, whereas the numbered series are moving away from it. They're using World of Fantasy to Final World of Final Fantasy to kinda of say, No, like we still like the ATB system, it's still gonna be around. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of missed seeing the ATB system in a modern game. Um, I also kind of like how, I believe they'll show it in like the left-hand corner, it'll show you a bar that lets you know whose turn is next, uh, similar to the tactics games. I, I, I like, I like that. Is 10, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's great. I, I'm really loving that the combat is harking back to that classic, because as, as much as I've enjoyed the combat in the latest games, I, I still... Yeah, you know, there's always a soft spot in my heart for that classic ATB style that I basically grew up with. Yeah, yeah and I think you know part of the what made the other games so great wasn't necessarily the combat; it was 
the rest of the game. Yeah, the story and the music and the environment. So it definitely, it definitely is the game that I'm excited for. Whether or not um, other people are, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people who are more excited for Final Fantasy 15, but I definitely think that World of Final Fantasy is is going to be a great game. I kind of hope that Final Fantasy 15 does really well, just so that people will like it won't damage World of Final Fantasy in a way. Yeah, right. same. Because like if if Final Fantasy 15 does really well, they're going to be like, yeah, when's the next one coming out? Oh, it's coming out in four weeks. Yeah, yeah. this is going to be amazing. <laughs> exactly. Whereas if Final Fantasy kind of has a mixed reception, I'll just be like, uh, well, do I want to trust this next game? Yeah, exactly. Like it will it will sort of damage all of it until probably Final Fantasy 7 remake comes out. Yeah. And Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. So yeah, I mean, I think the fact that I mean one of the things that I'm most excited about World of Final Fantasy is the fact that it's coming out so soon. Yes. Um but the 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 fact that they are using so many characters and it's not just a case of oh yeah, we're going to just oh, his cloud, his lightning, his all the poster children. It's we're going to include people from like Crystal Chronicles and Princess Sarah from the original Final Fantasy, who yeah. is just completely random, and, and uh, Dirt of Service. Yeah, like yeah. where are these games coming from? Like they just never really get any kind of uh, attention in any of the like the collaboration titles. So like the Cydia is is so main series. Like they've just added Ramza, which is kind of a bit left of field considering what they've been doing. But even like the Theatrhythm games, like the first one was very main series soundtrack. The second one started adding a couple of different uh, types of games. Like, I think Crystal Chronicles was in it. Um, they added Type Zero as well. So there were a couple of different uh, games they put in there. But, like, still, you're never going to get, like, a Dirge of Cerberus cropping up unless it's, like, DLC or something like that. So I think it's really nice that they've added characters from the wider Final Fantasy universe because it's so expansive. Yeah. yeah well, it well, really is. Surprises me, and I'm just loving so much. It's not just the fact that they're including characters you normally don't see. So far, it looks like every single character is getting their own uh, voice actor. It's not just okay, here's a character, and we'll give him text bubbles. It's like no, literally every character has a speaking part. Like even a uh, Vivi. You know, now we know what Vivi would actually sound like and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone found that completely adorable. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. I love Vivi so much. And I think it's the same for the monsters as well, because they're adding so many monsters in there. It's not just a case of bringing back, like, obviously they're going to bring back the popular monsters, but it's kind of some of the other ones as well. And they're kind of giving them their own little style and, like, little personalities. Yeah. Because they're your friends. Yeah, yeah we, we actually have a uh, female E-Freak now. Yeah. Mm. But, which That's is new. It's, it's, I like the design. It's very awesome. Yeah, no, she's really, really, really cool. But yeah, ultimately, it just I'm excited for this game. It makes me cuddly. Makes you warm and cuddly. Yeah. It, it just gives me a hug in, the, in uh, the nostalgia feels. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see how it pans out. Obviously, it's coming out in just over three months now. Um, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it a bit more between now and then. They keep releasing new trailers kind of periodically, I guess, in the lead up to it. So I think they just had one that came yeah, out a couple of days um, ago. And that was the first part of a, like a little series they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so Japan Expo had just happened. And um, definitely try and check out uh, PlayStation Access just released a um, sort of gameplay thing where they actually went through some of the basics of the gameplay. And it's really good and really extensive. Um so I definitely suggest checking that out as well. Mm. But yeah, that's pretty much it for our discussion on World of Final Fantasy. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people that buy it will also buy Final Fantasy 15. 
I would guess so. Uh, I mean, some of the people uh, in Jared's circles, those people over there, <laughs> we we are balls. Have been saying that they would probably just pre- if they could get one of them, they would prefer to get one of Final Fantasy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't don't be putting words in my mouth, man. I didn't say that. Not that I don't <laughs> agree with that statement, but I did not say it. I said in your circles. I didn't say you. <laughs> but that, that that's the same thing. That is the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're excited for Water Final Fantasy, and um, we hope you guys are as well. And I, I definitely recommend that you go and check out some trailers and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, we're going to move on to our news segment now. I said it's a, it's a little bit light on the news here. Yeah. Um, the first piece of news is that Final Fantasy VII is now releasing, or well, it has now released on Android. Mm-hmm. Everyone is so excited about that. I know, so you um, can play it again. Yeah, it's it's nearly a year since the iOS version came out. Which, I don't know why it's taken them so long. It, it makes get no it on Android. sense. It sort of came out on Android first, considering how fewer issues you have on Android OS. Yeah. Well, maybe they it's have like they more just, issues. It's almost like one day they just kind of like remembered that they had it. Like, well, it's random. Like, whoops. so sometimes they do their apps first on iOS, and sometimes they do them first on Android. Maybe they're trying to even it out a little I, actually, bit. Actually, um, I I do know why. I've actually read uh, studies on this on why people do iOS first. It's because if you look at the buying habits of Android users versus iOS, even though there are fewer iOS owners they are much more likely to spend actual money. If you go on the Android store, you'll notice there's fewer things you actually pay money for. It's because Android users are, I, I'm not saying cheap, but they more are frugal. far less willing to spend money. <laughs> I guess also, like, when something comes out, like, the iOS is a cooler brand. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, like Apple that is too. a cooler brand. And so when something comes out on the iPhone, people are just, you get a lot more hype about it. Like, like the fact that Final Fantasy VII came on Android, it just kind of just went under the radar completely. Mm-hmm. But when it came out on the iPhone, everyone was going mental. It's true. It's true. I was gonna say you're you're kind of uh you're kind of tapping into rage territory. I think a lot of the Android users would be like, "Hey, you know, Androids are a lot cooler." But it's true though. iPhone seems to really um get a lot of the hype. I didn't say Androids weren't cooler. I said the brand the Android brand. is not cooler. Mm. And according to studies, they might be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> may or may not. May or may not. I mean, like, the whole thing is Android isn't, it's just a collection of things. It's not, you know, yeah. th- th- there isn't an actual Android phone as such. It's just, that, it could be an HTC, true. it could be uh, whatever, Samsung. And that, that could have been why it took them so long. It's due to the fact you don't have, like with Apple, you know, four or five models of a phone you're making this game for. You're making it for potentially a limitless amount um excuse me a potentially limitless amount of phones that carry that android os so lord knows how much time they spent just debugging it for uh all the phones yeah exactly mm-hmm. but it does mean that final fantasy 7 is now available on obviously the playstation 1 when it first came out the pc version which has now been re-released on steam the psp the ps3 the ps4 the vita android and iphone Mm. So that's eight different ways to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case you're, you know, really missing Final Fantasy VII. The only thing it sucks to be is someone who is an Xbox exclusive person. Yeah. You're never going to play Final Fantasy VII with that mentality. No. No. Not at all. Nope. Nope. You have the wrong mentality. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you haven't played it yet and you're an Xbox person, 
You might have to maybe try it on your PC. <laughs> or Android or iOS. That's probably the yes. best option for you now. Yes, it's and true. And if you're an Xbox only person, you will probably have an Android. Possibly. Is that a sweeping statement? I don't know if it's safe to make that assumption. Mm. It's a vast generalization. That is a quite a vast I'll, generalization. I'll, I'll keep out of that. I don't want to incur the rage of the internets. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> uh, next story. Go for it, Jared. So in August 2016, Mobius Final Fantasy will be releasing. Uh, as with Brave Exodus, there is a pre-registration page to where we have several tiers of pre-order bonuses uh, based on how many people pre-register. Currently, we have 82,000 pre-registrations, which is 32,000 higher than needed to acquire all of these tiers. Yeah, what are they going to do? Are they going to announce? Oh, wait, no. Is it going to go back to bonus one tier? Yeah, bonus two. <laughs> well, I, I I would have thought that they would have done it already as they saw. It's like, okay, guys, we're getting closer to 50 uh, grand of uh, pre-registers. We need to go ahead and start coming out with bonus tiers. <laughs> it, it's kind of odd that we don't see them already because they're about to hit 90,000. Oh, Maybe uh, the next tier is going to be 100,000 and they're just not. And, but like, yeah, you normally you'd announce the next tier once the, so that there's something to get excited for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, d- doesn't it also seem like these tiers aren't quite as rewarding as they it's were like, for Brave oh, Exodus? You get a Phoenix down. Yay. You have an Ether. Mm-hmm. I'm so well, excited. I, I mean, you get a couple of Final Fantasy X items, but I mean, it's and Yuna. N- nothing to jump up and down about. Yeah, you Yuna. You get Yuna as a guest character, right? Yeah, I heard about that one. That's the 50,000 one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, so the actual d- date is the 3rd of August, I believe. And there was like some, I think you posted about Lauren, there was a mm. the Facebook page that got posted by accident. Yeah. Yeah, there was a Facebook post that um it, well... I don't know if it was posted up by accident, but it was basically just a press release that was already sort of saying it's coming out in August soon. Yeah. So it's the 3rd of August. Yes. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how many pre-registrations they actually get between now and the 3rd of August and whether or not they announce any more tiers for stuff. Bonus, bonus tiers. Bonus, bonus. But they haven't used the the same terminology this time around as they did for Mm. Brave Exvius. Yeah, that they're not bonus, really bonus, saying bonus. tiers as much as just yeah. saying, "Hey, here are your rewards." Yeah, so they, maybe they they've learned from that lesson. They listened <laughs> to our podcast and heard us just yeah. lambasting them for their stupid terminology. Well, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a lesson learned. Um, but I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see how mobile turns out. It's like a you know, as we said before, it's a mobile game, but they're taking very seriously as with World of Final Fantasy. You know, as guitars, they was on the team. Like they had lots of. Um, people from Crystal Chronicles working on it, I think, and it was a very strong team. Uh, I think uh, uh, who's doing? It? I think Ishimoto might be doing the music for it, actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah, don't I quote think... me on that. Um, um... But like, it, it does seem as though it's a really high-powered cast of uh, developers. I guess because they had something to do, they needed something to do after after the thirteen franchise rounded out, and you can kind of tell that, can't you, Jared? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, my gosh, it practically looks like a 13 clone. A- every enemy I've seen up till now has come from 13. The story even revolves around chaos, which was a central theme in Lightning Returns. Uh, the-, the combat and the graphic, well, excuse me, obviously graphics, because I said the enemies, but the combat even looks a bit similar to uh, the 13 series. The composer is not Ishimoto. It is actually uh, Mitsuto Suzuki. 
Uh, okay, so he did. Um, he worked thirteen two, I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's not Hamazu, so I guess that's a little bit of thirteen not included in there. But yeah, th- th- this very much feels well, or at least looks like a thirteen game with just a couple think- of new characters thrown in. I think what you're thinking of, Daryl's, is that the city is being done by Ishimoto, isn't it? Yeah, I just wasn't too sure. Yeah, but yeah, no, this guy did um, Far Fantasy. He did do Far Fantasy 13. Yeah, he yeah, did 13 so, too. Mister, um, no, he's done. He, he was done the arra- he was the arranger yeah. on uh, Far Fantasy 13, and then composer for 13 too. Yeah, and Lightning Returns. Uh, Lightning Returns. Yeah, and then he also arranged uh, some of Sidia 012. Interesting. Fantasy. So yeah. yeah, it's uh it'll be interesting to see how it does when it comes out. I think um yeah, Brave Exodus has kind of punched us in the stomach a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not too yeah, I'm tentative. Tentative. <laughs> uh right, Lauren. You're up. Yes. Okay. Well, now we have Kingsglaive. Yeah. And Kingsglaive has actually just released in Japan. Um it apparently sold about 22,000 tickets. Yeah, that was in the first week, right? In its first week, following its limiting release, um, which isn't really that great when compared to other um, films that were released. Yeah, like video, um, for video game release. related films. Yeah, like there's been a few others that have like done um, a lot have better. done a similar yeah. thing, but have done a lot better. I can't think of the names. Idol Master. Idol Master is one of them, yeah. And um, they just sold. They sold a lot more in that first week. Um, and considering how many theaters, I think there's about like 43 theaters or something yeah. for um, Kingsglaive. But either way, I mean, people seem to be positive. Like, there's sort of mixed reviews at the moment. Uh, some people are saying how it's like just predictable, or that they just don't think that it was really necessary. Um, but people are really like freaking yeah, out I mean, about the graphics yeah i mean it'll be interesting like once we get to see it, it'll be interesting to see what we think about it because yeah i mean i can understand that point of view without watching it i can understand why people might think that because it's just been shoehorned exactly yes. took stuff out of the game yeah put it in a film so that it could do a promotional campaign around it yeah if it was like if it seemed like it was um planned from the beginning like it would be a completely different story yeah mm-hmm. But, I mean, it um, absolutely is a beautiful looking movie. I mean, no one's denying that. Yeah, it definitely looks. It definitely looks. But yeah, gorgeous. I mean, as I'm thinking that it was more of a promotional tool for Final yeah. Fantasy 15, the fact it's not selling amazingly well in Japan probably doesn't matter to them that much. Like, no. any revenue they get from ticket sales is probably a bonus for them. It's just true. like with the DVD, the Blu-ray sales, it's just like, oh, this is great. I mean, it's probably. I don't think it's going to have anywhere near as much hype as Advent Children did around sales. No. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Advent Children sold millions. Yeah. And but it was then... also on UMD and DVD and Blu-ray. And I bought every and copy stuff. available. Yeah. Um, but so, then, like, that was that was such a different situation because everybody was just like, oh, my God, Final Fantasy VII. It's, it's a Final Fantasy VII related thing. And then, yeah. Yeah. Pretty graphics of Cloud, which we didn't really get before. But... I mean, yeah, I'm excited for it to still come out. Um, it's obviously coming out August 19th in America, um, in select theaters. Still nothing on whether or not it's coming out to, in Europe. There's um, a few petitions running around. Um, so definitely, like, check those out if you're interested. Granted, like, I don't know how much of a difference it'll make, but, like, and believe, it's, Lawrence, it, it's worth it. It's worth it if believe. it does. Let your make voice a be heard. Um, if, if it's in a, a select cinema near you, Jared, will you go and see it? 
Well, I know for a fact it's not because I checked. Oh no! Uh, if if it was, uh, yeah, most likely. I, I think I probably would. I What's mean, the closest one to you? Oh, I literally live right next door to one. No, and I mean what the, the the closest limited release cinema. I think it was a couple states away, actually. <laughs> oh my god, really? Hey, uh, where is where is your commitment to the cause, Jared? I know, honestly. Uh, probably where my wallet is, which says "Don't spend me." <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think. Well, I mean, I'm hope I'm guessing that it probably would release where I'm from because we we were actually quite good in getting stuff. We were. Um, I think we got Advent Children when it was released. We also have gotten quite a few of the um sort of japanese films the miyazaki ones and stuff we well no we got like uh death note we got to see in theaters um and death note too um so i feel like somewhere around where i used to live might it's a shame we're not gonna be there i know it's a shame i found surprising they weren't going to show it in my area because we actually got both attack on titan movies and also um, the Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn movie. So I, I was kind of surprised we weren't getting Final Fantasy. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when they of, say limited, they really mean limited. Yeah, it's in like limited, one, limited, one limited. cinema. Yeah, yeah, one cinema. <laughs> All right, so the, the last piece of news we have is also related to Final Fantasy fifteen, and it's a conspiracy theory one. Um, so you may remember during the Uncovered trailer that there was a girl in the back of the car. Yes. And for a long time, people were wondering who that girl was. For the, I think for a period that people believed it was Crow, who's one of the characters in Kingsglaive, and um, mainly because that was probably the only other female other than Gentiana that we knew of that also had brown hair. Yeah. Um, it's not Crow. No. We now know it's not Crow. Um, so when episode three of Brotherhood came out, there was a new character revealed called Iris Amacitia, who is Gladiolus's little sister. And um, instantly people were just like, well, that has to be... like, Why else would they announce a new character in Brotherhood if she's not going to be anything in the main game? Yeah. And then if you actually look at the pictures, she, even though she's a lot younger in Brotherhood, the haircut is the same. And what we know yeah. from everything like this is they usually keep those kind of things consistent so that people know the characters. Like Noctis, even though that Brotherhood is God knows how many years earlier, Still the same haircut. Yep. <laughs> Gladiolus has a slightly different haircut, though. Yeah, but, it's true. Um, he looks a lot different now. But yeah, they generally try and keep things similar so that uh, you know who they are. It's now been announced that she will be in Final Fantasy XV. Um, they did a... Um, not officially, though. Well, it, officially, unofficially. It's like old school. So they announced I- Iris in um, Jump Magazine um, alongside Ravis. Mm. Who's looking like a badass? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people seem to be really excited about him. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, Tabitha did say he's going to be like the best villain ever, right? So, <laughs> assuming that is who the villain's going to be. <gasps> yes, assuming. Um, but yeah, so that was basically that. So Iris uh, has been confirmed as a new character for Final Fantasy Fifteen. She is in the back of the car from the uncovered trailer. We don't really know too much about what her role is going to be, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they've started to reveal a f- couple more female characters for the cast. Mm. Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. I'm just looking up to see if it's actually I can, playing in my area. I can tell you guys are really enthused about the addition <laughs> well, of she's Iris. Just kind of, she's just kind of like a... a, a... You don't know what role she's going to yeah, have. Well, she well, might from, be... Yeah. What we've seen I mean, she's really Bro- cute. Brotherhood, 
she's in there for one of two reasons Fromm could guess. One, just so they have more cuteness. You know, cute characters in there. Or two, just so all of the Tumblr and Twitter shippers can have a field day. Yeah, that's true. Well, a lot of people are really freaking out because they think, like, oh, she's going to be um, another lover for Noctis because they're kind of close in age. And also there's the... Isn't Noctis... Doesn't Noctis save her or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so what so. happens in the... Um, oh, well, I won't, I won't spoil it for anybody. If you if you haven't already watched Brotherhood Episode 3, watch it. Or, sorry, it's Episode, uh, episode, episode 3. Four. Or is it Episode 3? Yeah. It is okay, three. episode and 3. If you haven't seen Episode 2, you are missing the most hilarious portrayal of our favorite blonde friend ever. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. Yeah, I'll just um, say this. Yeah, so... He used to not be a toothpick. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um But yeah, so... Um... Yeah, there's, there could be some depth there. We're just spitballing. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's not really, like, sort of set in stone what she's going to be no. or it, It's kind of, yeah, like, everyone... The, I'm really kind of annoyed at what's kind of going on right now. And I'm... I'm I've been very behaved this episode. Uh. But, like, with Kingsglaive, the fact that they announced a load of characters beforehand, like, we didn't need to know about Ravis. No. We really did not need to know well, about we him. Like. It was, he could have just carried on, like, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, close your ears for about the next 15 seconds. Um, so Ravis is, uh, the hooded man. He was announced a long time ago that we didn't really hear anything about. And he's Luna's older brother who happens to work for the Niflheim Empire. Why, why did we need to, why did that need to be announced before the game? As far as we were aware, Idolus and Arden and Glauca, though they were the three people we were focusing on. Yeah, the hooded man was just kind of around, floating <laughs> for whatever reason. Roaming, like announcing Ravis doesn't change. Like, what? I just don't understand well, what they were looking they to gain from a it. Perfectly good plot twist. Yeah, yeah. They've now just said, "Oh, because we have to put him in Kingsglaive now." Like we've had to announce a load of stuff about him. No, that would uh, have been a great plot twist for the movie, and now they messed that up. I know. No, it's really ridiculous. Um, I mean, I yeah. just, I don't understand why they, why they had to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm annoyed. And it's kind of the same with Iris as well. Like, did, did they need to put, like, I guess, I mean, for her, maybe it makes sense if she's going to have some backstory. She's not a major character probably in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. So that if you wanted to get a bit more depth about her, blah, blah, blah. But, but Ravis is clearly going to be a main character in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. It didn't need to be announced beforehand. They could have just kept it quiet and everyone would have gone, oh my God, this is amazing. Exactly. But now they can't do that anymore. Mm-mm. Because, Them. well, certain people will because they'll be head in the sands and not have any idea who he is. But, you know, like, to... Just... Uh, obviously, they they have the same PR guy as they did for thirteen two and Lightning Returns. Who just likes to spoil yeah. everything? Yeah. Every single to, character they is need coming to put back, a guys. muzzle on that dude and tell him to back off. Just see, yeah, this character's coming back. This character's coming back. Oh, this character that you thought was dead? Yeah, they're coming back. It's probably the same guy they had working on Advent Children too. I know. Oh, uh, see, at, at the time I was too young to pay attention to the advertising, so thankfully that wasn't spoiled for me. Advent Children, because I worked on an Advent Children website. It's true, you did work on a website. So they basically announced the entire film before it came out. Oh my god! Why yeah. would you do that? This character is coming. Like every single character is coming back. These are their motivations. This is a story. This is blah 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 no. blah, blah, blah 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 blah. It's like, I mean, the only thing they didn't do to the actually no, did they? I'm wondering if they announced that Rufus was the hooded guy, because everyone thought that was Sephiroth for the longest time. Mm. And I can't remember well, if they much, announced... 
Oh, yeah, no, that's true, Rufus. Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I, I think they announced it was Rufus before the film came out. See, I wasn't really paying attention to stuff back then, so it didn't really matter. Well, I didn't even know what Final Fantasy was huge. back then, so... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I didn't. It's like, just leave something to the imagination. Like, okay, so they haven't sport the story from Final Fantasy XV yet. But did they need to announce Ravis? No, they did not. No. No, they did not. If they need a good example of how to properly tease something, look at all the, look at what all they did for the last Godzilla movie that came out. Every trailer showed you just enough to get excited, but they told you zilch overall about the story. Mm. They're just like, here's a couple characters. You know them from other things. Here's a clip of Godzilla. Aren't you excited? Watch the movie if you want to know everything else. Yeah, whereas that's that. most film trailers are now here's the entire story. Here's yeah. a three minute thing of breakdown. This is going to happen. 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 Uh, and that's going to happen as a result. Yeah. I know. So, I know. See, now, now you've got me all mad over something that's already happened. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know where you found the list, Jared, but, like, it's taking me forever to freaking find where Kingsglaive is playing. It's fine. We can do that another time. I know, we I know, but I'm curious. We need to round the out now. Come on. Okay, okay. I did an impromptu uh, anger-filled segment at the end there. I know, you did. I'm sorry about that. Um, it's very passionate. Good job. It was it's very passionate. <laughs> you are now your fearless followers. Yeah. Um, All hail Daryl's. Yeah. Uh, so angry man <laughs> music for this episode is from Final Fantasy 6 it's an arrangement of Terra's theme by the Grassini project so um, I think this particular piece is uh, piano and two violinists and uh, it just sounds really cool so I hope you guys enjoy listening to that uh, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 2nd of August you can subscribe to uh, the podcast if you want to on iTunes just search for Final Fantasy we do come up as the number one show around Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, actually. Yay. And of course, if you want to check us out on YouTube, go to FF Union Vids and FinalFantasyUnion.com. <laughs> so, uh, and of course, if you want to support us on Patreon, please head to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. That's pretty much it, though, guys. Yeah. <sighs> Bye. See you, guys. And I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.
Hi guys, this pitch is for a little announcement if you want to support the project. I'm launching a Patreon campaign, a video, audio material, it's pretty much expensive, we need staff, they work for us fully. So it's up to you if you want to help us, feel free to tip us a little something, obviously regarding compensation. Everything is in the description below. Stay tuned for the next video and have a nice day.